Paso a Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paso Paso Podcast. My name is Miles, happy to be here with you. And as a reminder, these podcasts are supported by the Keeler Foundation, R.T. Keeler, as well as uh, KNCE. Thanks for airing them live here in Taos, New Mexico. Uh, we've spent many uh, months now speaking with local early childhood educators and supporters of our families. And now it's a time to take a look back. Where did this year begin for Paso Paso as a local early childhood network? And the answer to that is with a large event we collaborated with at the uh, Taos Community Auditorium uh, to show the movie No Small Matter. Uh, what you'll be hearing is some of the speeches from that event, and uh, we hope you enjoy it as we uh, look back on this year. Uh, once again, you can always stay in touch and learn more at pasotaos.org. And I hope you enjoy this conversation and live recording from many months ago. Good evening, everyone. I think we're going to get going. Um, thank you all for coming to this special screening of No Small Matter, presented by Paso a Paso and generously sponsored by the TCA, the Taos Community Foundation, the Taos News, and the Annie E. Casey Foundation. <clears throat> My name is Nikki Ross, and I'm the director of TWIRL. I also serve on the Policy and Communications Committee for Paso a Paso, a network of early childhood agencies collaborating to improve outcomes for kids ages 0 to 8 in Taos. I see a lot of familiar faces in the audience from the early childhood community, including members of the Brindle, Keeler, Thornburg, and Taos Community Foundations, all of whom fund current PASO initiatives here in Taos. Thank you for your support, and thank you for coming this evening. I also see lots of people from outside the early childhood community, including our local officials, um, school board members, and um, our Holy Cross Hospital. And that's great, because that really was the intention of this evening's event. No Small Matter is a documentary about the importance of investing in early childhood. It's a documentary about the proven results of investing in early childhood. Paso a Paso is already invested in many of the issues described in this film. And after the screening, members of the network We'll share with you some of our current initiatives, then we'll open up the conversation to an audience Q&A. Our hope is that all of you will leave feeling compelled to give early childhood the attention that it merits. We are thrilled. <laughs> we are thrilled to welcome Dr. Valdez, Chancellor of UNM Taos, who will be saying a few words before the screening. But before all of that, I'm delighted and honored to introduce Elizabeth Griginski, the Secretary of New Mexico's Early Childhood Education and Care Department. This is a new department established by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham to ensure that every child in New Mexico is given the best opportunity to succeed in school, work, and life, 
by providing the best care and education possible in their first five years. Secretary Guginski has more than two decades of executive leadership experience at the national, state, and local levels, particularly in early childhood. So without further ado, please welcome Secretary Guginski. Hello, good evening everyone, and thank you Nikki for that uh, wonderful introduction. I also want to thank Chancellor uh, Valdez for welcoming us here this evening, and to Tracy Jaramillo, Pam Remstein, and Anita Bringas for doing the incredible work they do all the time in, in organizing this event for us tonight, and bringing such an incredible diverse group together, so thank you for that. And also to the amazing Paso a Paso Network, um, the remarkable member organizations that are part of this network, truly an incredible accomplishment. And I want to talk a little bit more about that as I get into my remarks. Also want to thank and recognize the elected officials who are here tonight, who are committed uh, and are here showing up. And really, it's all of us together working um, that are going to change the trajectory here in New Mexico for young children. Um, yes. <laughs> Um, I, I just want to talk about the Paso Paso Network from what I've been able to glean in my, uh, actually Monday's my three-month anniversary uh, here, so in my short three months, but for more than a decade, you have been working together to deliver the essential services for children and families across this important life um, time in the prenatal to five. But you've done so much more than that. You've really worked to build this system of integrated economic, health, and social supports, each of which is reinforcing the other. A very similar idea, I think, is what led to the creation of the Early Childhood Education and Care Department here in New Mexico. In fact, last year, the legislature and the governor created ECD, ECECD, I actually like the acronym, uh, because they did recognize three important things. One, we all know, which is very sobering and um, distressing, is that our state has some of the worst poverty, child poverty, health, and well-being in the country. They also recognize that our birth to five services, which are actually designed to address these types of challenges, were scattered through several agencies. And that New Mexico doesn't really have the clear, visible data that we need to understand the reach of our services and programs for families and children and the impact. So as we embark on this wonderful journey to together collectively create the ECECD, uh, we are really focused on addressing all three of these concerns. We're coordinating and streamlining our state's early childhood services from prenatal to five. We're thinking about our consumer education, reaching our families with great information in the ways and the languages that they speak and in many different vehicles and modalities. Home visiting pre-K, childcare services, family nutrition, family infant and toddler, our infant and toddler um, with disabilities and developmental delays program, the FIT program, families first, and ensuring that we're providing streamlined technical assistance, professional development that's using best practices, that's really embracing the diverse and unique culture of our wonderful state. We're also working to build an integrated data system so we will know who we are reaching and what is working. The goal here is to design a more coordinated, cohesive approach to service delivery across all of our programs, 
you are going to be a great example, an exemplar of how that is happening, and we're gonna be able to do this across the state. ECDC will partner with all the state agencies. We know that this one department cannot do it alone, but it's having a seat at the cabinet level table to talk with our partners at the Children, Youth, and Families, Human Services, Department of Health, and Public Education, Workforce Solutions, Indian Affairs, all of the key cabinet members that are gonna be part of integrating a supportive early childhood system that meets all the needs of families and young children. This, our aspiration around this really, and tonight's night, tonight is such a great um, topic, is to talk about our educators. Everyone is an educator who's working with young children, whether that's the grandparent or the family member or our formal educators who are in classrooms or family childcare settings or home visitors who are supporting our families. We all know the facts that the people who care for and educate our youngest children do the most invaluable work. We're hearing a resounding um, yes from the audience there. <laughs> they also know that they're not paid enough. They don't have enough opportunities to build their skills and competencies and advance their education in the ways that they want to and the ways uh, that we all want to see happen for our communities. And we're going to change that. During this legislative session, we obtained 5.1 million in wage supplements. It's about a little over a million and a half more than we had last year to really think about how we're supporting our early childhood educators. We're also developing a cost estimation model to help our communities and our state and our policymakers truly understand what it costs to deliver quality care to different ages of children in different types of settings at different levels of quality. We plan to use what we learn to inform a professional wage scale for our early childhood educators. In addition, we will encourage and support our educators in any way we can and in every possible way to remove barriers to them achieving their child development certificate, to getting an associate's degree, to going on to get a bachelor's degree, a master's, a PhD, and really building an incredible workforce here in New Mexico that is prepared and ready to meet the needs of our families and young children. We know that we need to talk about child psychology, mindfulness, social-emotional learning, trauma, and other topics. And we want New Mexico's early educators to be exposed to the very best, the best research, the best skills training, and all the opportunities to learn from their fellow practitioners. And when I say fellow practitioners, I mean all fellow practitioners. It's really no secret that when it comes to inclusion and equity, New Mexico has got some work to do. Um, in early childhood education and care, that means everything from developing policies that respect local languages and traditions, to ensuring equal access to important prenatal and early childhood health interventions, and to providing high quality childcare, early, early pre-K and pre-K, and to everybody who wants it. In our department, the governor has appointed Giovanna Archuleta to be our state's first assistant secretary for Native American education and care. Woohoo! It's been incredible. She's uh, eight days on the job and we're already feeling the impact and the difference and the way we're thinking about things, the conversations we're having. She's from the Nambe Pueblo and she has spent the last decade working with the eight northern Pueblos and already, as I said, she and I have met with several of our state's 23 Pueblos, tribes and nations and we aim to meet and work hand in hand with the rest as well. We're also eager to learn from the entire statewide early childhood community. 
In fact, applications from our department's advisory council are open through fri next Friday, March 6th, and we encourage those who are interested to apply. We're at about 250 applicants, and we are thinking we may hit 300. So we know that this advisory council, we are thrilled with the excitement, the engagement, and we plan to make sure that everybody who applies stays connected to this work. I think everyone in this room knows you can't have an, a council of 300 people, um, but we can connect and can keep each other informed as we form this council. The council is charged with an outcomes delivering and helping us, advise us on developing an outcomes measurement plan that will monitor outcomes for children and families who receive services through our child care assistance programs. They also will help us, advise us, on goals and objectives with corresponding indicators that measure whether each of these objectives are met. Third, and very important for tonight's discussion, they will help us inform a workforce development plan that includes a career ladder, wage structure, and a professional development plan that applies to all programs within our department. And then just like in a job description, for other tasks as appropriate. So um, this is straight from uh, Senate Bill 22. Uh, so this council will advise us. There will be four meetings. We will hold them around the state. And by December 31st, we need to deliver a plan and a report to the governor and to the legislature about what uh, this group has advised us and how we're going to march forward. The council will meet on April 24th, June 19th, and August 21st, and on a date in October that we have not yet determined. Uh, we are excited to be able to have this council and to be able to get the type of geographic diversity, um, language diversity, uh, gender diversity. We want to make sure that we have a really rich mix because that is the strength of New Mexico, is our diversity. And bringing that to this work will definitely help us and ensure our success. If you are interested in applying, we did tweet the link yesterday. Please follow us on Twitter and on our Facebook page at New Mexico, spelled out New Mexico, E-C-E-C-D. Or you can talk to our Director of Communications, Matt Bieber, who's here tonight with me, and he will get the application to you personally. Uh, you, thank you just so much for everyone for being so welcoming of me and for allowing us to come here and be with you tonight. I'm so thrilled to be able to watch this film with you and to have a discussion with you afterwards. So appreciate and look forward to talking with more of you this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Secretary Griginski. Um, I'd now like to welcome Dr. Valdez, Chancellor and Professor of Education of UNM Taos. Thank you. Good evening. Buenos tardes. How's everybody doing? It's often said, don't be the person that stands between uh, the people and food, you know, dinner. And in this case, I think, don't be the person that stands between the people and uh, the film that we're going to watch tonight. So only a few words. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to the Secretary for taking the time to come out here. We're certainly very excited in the state of New Mexico that the governor uh, is focused and committed to addressing the cradle-to-career pipeline, or pathway as we call it. And uh, certainly I'm happy and uh, honored to be here. 
here as a representative of UNM Taos. You know, I get the sometimes the easy job of being able to get out here and represent the, the, the institution, but uh, my work is actually made easier by the tremendous faculty and staff that we have that are committed. Uh, certainly proud that uh, many of the people that were involved in putting this together are uh, representatives and employees, uh, faculty and staff at UNM Taos. And in fact, if, if you are here and represent UNM Taos, would you mind standing uh, so you can be recognized? Thank, thank you all so much. You'll get to know a few of them here a little bit after this documentary. But let me just say this, you know, what's often talked about as, as faculty members in a classroom and teachers and many of you who are teachers out here and educators know that, you know, the important work is meeting students where they're at in our classrooms. And uh, as a community college, one of the things that we've tried to focus on in the last several years is how do we meet the community where it's at in terms of being a community college. So in our classrooms, where do we meet our students? But as an institution of post-secondary education, where do we as an institution meet the community in terms of access to educational opportunities? And many of us know that uh, if UNM Taos did not exist and provide access uh, to our students, that the next closest institution of higher education is about 50 miles away. So much like early childhood education is important and needed, uh, we're excited about the fact that those little Lobos, for those who are at our, at our uh, learning lab and our child care center out at our campus, uh, when you ask those four-year-olds when they graduate uh, where they go to school, most of them say UNM. So we're excited at the fact that they say that. And incidentally, if you've never been out to that graduation, I would invite all of you to come out. It happens in May. It's the cutest graduation you'll ever see, and certainly one where I have to say the least amount of things because they're a bunch of four-year-olds, you know. So usually it's congratulations. We're expecting a lot out of you. Uh, I also would like to say thank you to uh, the foundations that are here that support child care development. Uh, as many of you may know, UNM Taos is currently working with the county to locate a new space where we can expand our child care and our learning lab so that we can provide uh, more child care in the community. We know that many of the people in this community don't get to go to uh, college or sometimes can't work the way they like because we don't have sufficient child care. And so we're working hard not only to expand child care to allow people to be able to do those things, but uh, what we're also doing by doing that is making sure that we have a learning lab in places where students who are interested in becoming child care workers and providers can actually come and get a degree in the academic credentials needed for that workforce. And so in both ways, we're trying to address uh, that need. Now, registration opens in about a month, so if you're interested in those programs, we would encourage you to, to do that. We couldn't do that without the support of the county working with us to locate this uh, a building to do that. And we certainly couldn't do it without, without the funders who have uh, offered support in that area. And so if you're, I believe, Thornburg, if you're, if, if you're from Thornburg, Thornburg Foundation or Kent Keeler or Brenda, would you please stand so we could acknowledge you? I know that, thank you. I know that, I know that foundations don't like to be always put on the spot, but in this case, I think uh, it's, it's important that we address this critical need. And so, uh, I believe I have the honor of introducing this film, and so I will say this. Uh, for a documentary film that will help the state of New Mexico, address its biggest matters. We now turn to the film, No Small Matter. Thank you all.
Thank you to our special guests who were able to join us and speak that evening. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the movie No Small Matter, please visit nosmallmatter.com. And of course, stay in touch with Paso at pasotaos.org. Until next time, take care. (laughs) 